Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. It's Friday when this drops. You know what that means. We had a football game last night. Hope you enjoyed it. It is kickoff weekend, and you know I got to bring the Captain 37, my man Kevin Randall, on the podcast to talk football, football cards, what's happening at shows. It just seemed like it was the right time. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe, follow all the buttons, make sure you tell a damn friend about the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's go. Hut, hut, kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? It is NFL kickoff week. I think we've done this rodeo a time or two now. It seems whenever there's a significant uh, moment in the NFL calendar, I bring my buddy Kevin Randall. You know him as the Captain 37 on Instagram on the show to talk football, talk cards. And that is what we're doing here. He's coming off a big weekend. I want to welcome to the show, Kevin. Welcome back. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. It's become our yearly tradition, the uh, preseason talk the week before the season starts. So I'm fired up for it. So Yeah, well, so let's maybe... Okay, so I was doing some homework. I've been doing some homework, and I know you're a uh, avid supporter of Ra- uh, Raider Nation. I think if you look at the NFL calendar and you look at... Or NFL Week 1 schedule, and you look up the matchups, definitely, I think if you're sitting at home and you're watching Red Zone or something to watch, we're looking for a game. I think a lot of people might have that uh, Raiders Chargers game circled, especially people listening in the hobby with all their the love of Justin Herbert. I think it might be a good time. I know you play him twice, but I think if you're a Raider fan, now might not now might be a good time to play the Chargers. How are you feeling as a fan going into that game? And I'd always I always say I'd rather see a, a very good offense early because I feel like it takes the offense a little bit to figure it out as, as the season starts. So. You know, if you got a Herbert or a Mahomes or a Brady on your your uh, schedule, you want to have them early. That's how I've always felt. So um, that game is going to be very interesting. First of all, from a fantasy football perspective, and some monster names in that game. You know, the Chargers. You got you know Austin Eckler was a top five pick in every draft I did. Obviously, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You know, a lot of people are high on him this year. Um, then on the flip side for the Raiders, you know, how's that Car Devontae Adams connection going to be? Which I can't wait to see live. Um, obviously Darren Wall is a top five tight end, you know, Hunter Renfro, you know, had a hell of a season last year. He went, I couldn't believe, you know, I had, I had Labor Day weekends, always fantasy football draft weekend in my life. And, um, I host three drafts in two days in my place. And I, I, you know, I'm in New England, right? So it's, it's all Patriots, a lot of Raiders haters, right? Just from, you know, past bickering back and forth with me. And I couldn't believe how early Hunter Renfro went in both of my snake drafts redraft leagues. I have one other auction where he went $5 higher than my projection. So I'm like, wow, all these Patriots lovers are really high in my boy, man. He, he must, he must have shown something last year. So, um, but the other thing with that game too, you know, I, I, that game, like you never panic after week one, but it's almost like the loser of that, that game is now like, oh shit, am I at the bottom of the AFC West, the most brutal division on paper, arguably ever in football? Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. I think every AFC West matchup this season is going to be must-see TV um, with what you have in that division. And, you know, there's scenarios where you could see all four teams making the playoffs uh, out of that uh, 
that division is just going to be absolutely insane. Those games and, and the high powered offenses in that division is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I know there's definitely been a little, a lot of hype on the West. And of course, looks as a Colts fan, the Colts aren't dodging that bullet this year. They've got to play those teams, but I think iron sharpens iron. And you mentioned Hunter Renfro. And I think he's a name in that draft he's associated with. I think he's a name that gets lost, but that, that was 2019, that draft, when you look at it from a receiver perspective, you know, you got Brown, McLaurin, DK. I know I'm missing someone else. Yes. Debo. Um, those are the guys I think just from a fantasy turn on the TV and watch perspective, um, even cards, like watching people get excited and buy their cards. Um, and I think maybe just throw this one at you. It just seems like receivers. I know it's the hobby's always been kind of quarterback driven, um, but it just seems like now, especially on the fantasy side too, like more there and their contracts, there's more attention on receivers than ever before. Do you think that will ever translate? to maybe not a quarterback uh, like where quarterbacks are, but will that ever translate into kind of just like buying cards and in, in the hobby and, and kind of aligning with uh, your favorite wide receiver? So I guess kind of a Debbie Downer answer here. I would say no. <laughs> yeah. um, I think anybody who has had experience in the football market, you know, for like a decade knows that you just don't buy running backs and wide receivers. You just don't buy skill position guys. They just never hold value. So if you're doing that, I hope you're doing it from the collecting side, not for like a, a quick profit side, because it's just not going to happen. The longevity is not there. You know, you don't see running backs like Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson anymore, who are just workhorses, three down backs. They're getting 25 to 30 touches per game. That just doesn't exist anymore the way the NFL is going. And, you know, from the receiver side, I mean, man, it, it, it seems like we have two to three torn ACLs, you know, every week when the season starts, right? So you talk about injury risk and how that impacts the hobby, obviously, I just, it's not smart from an investment point in my eyes to go after skill position guys in football. It never has been. And you could, we, we could probably have a whole show talking about, you know, 50 different names over the past 10 years of guys who people all want to get him. His car's worth a ton down the road. He's going to be a stud. It just doesn't happen. Never mind with the younger quarterbacks, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, if you're collecting skill position guys, I really hope it's just from a collecting standpoint. Um, and you're just enjoying that part. Cause I just, you know, Man, it, it's not an area to profit off of um, in terms of an investment when it comes to football historically. Now, take maybe the active guys out of the equation. Maybe if you're looking at some '90s or you know 2000 shiny stuff, to talking Hall of Famers, uh, people that you know obviously have a proven track record. Those, just from like a, an investment perspective, those obviously aren't going to you know jump in two x three x over you know the long haul, but maybe just with some of the prices of some of these guys um, that are kind of deep in the hearts and minds of collectors. Do you see if you're holding it from a collection perspective, maybe some incremental gains, or are you saying like, if you're looking to, you know, invest on specific players, like running back and receiver hall of famers aren't probably a good option. Either. No, I think it's important to distinguish there between modern and, you know, old school guys, right? Because I feel like old school guys have an established floor. Like for example, mm-hmm. if you Jerry Rice collection, like that, that stuff's not going down. He's, you know, the greatest receiver. I mean, people are going to put Moss in that conversation too, obviously, but I think Rice is the greatest receiver, if not the greatest player of all time. So like he has a floor and yeah, I do see his stuff. You know, it's not like you said, it's not going to two and three times jump, you know, over the next month. Not like Jerry Rice to have a big game on Sunday where his stuff's going to spike. Right. But I mean, that's the fun of if, if you are into modern skill position stuff, right. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, you, you want to talk about a skill position guy, that a huge jump. 
remember um, me and my buddy, Dave Demesh, uh, DT Sports Card. He's who I do all my PSA subs through. Shout out to him. I'm staying with him in Dallas coming up this week. Um, we always busted a case of finest football every year. Back when you could get that stuff for like 70, 80 bucks a box. Seems absurd now, right? And I remember we pulled um, a couple Randall Cobb autographs. Randall Cobb in the break. And I didn't take it, Dave. We, we, we break everything. We did a snake trap. We draft all the cards, had a blast. Um, you know, he's, we, we don't live near each other at all. So we do it, you know, we did it over the computer, over the phone, whatever. Um, and I remember Randall Cobb had this absolutely monster game early in his um, rookie season. And I think he had scored like two or three touchdowns. And he had those cards were selling for like 10 bucks and up to like 150. And I'm sitting there like, you dumbass, you didn't take any of them, right? Well, two months later, those cards are back down to like, you know, 20, 30. Right. So that's just the nature of it. You can definitely, and listen, it's like there's not money to be made, you know, in investing in these young skill position prospects. But man, when they have that big game, you better dump that stuff because it's just, it's not going to stay where it is. So I'll never forget that. Um, you know, seeing, I, I'm like, wow, I, I've never seen a receiver like spike like that based on one game. That stuff's going to happen early in the season. Like, you know, a guy like Drake London or, you know, even Dr. <laughs> Smith from last year or, you know, random Traylon Burke sighting, you know, are going to pop off early and their stuff's going to spike, but it's like, it's not going to hold value long-term. It's just, it's a, it's a 99% losing situation there in terms of, you know, long-term value there. But yeah. back to about the old guys, I mean, like Jerry Rice, like, you know, I don't, I don't follow that. It's so funny. I, I had this absolutely monster Hall of Fame collection before my son was born. We're talking five years ago now, and I sold it off. It was either sell Peyton, Brady, or Hall of Fame. And I had to really, you know, have some soul searching. and decided to part with the Hall of Fame collection. Um, and that's, man, that stuff moved and it moved quick. And a lot of it moved for double what I paid. There was a high, high demand for old school Hall of Fame stuff. And that was a real short amount of time flipping. That was stuff I had bought like within the last year. And I couldn't believe some of the prices I was getting for stuff. So it's rare. Like you want to have rare stuff. I mean, if anything has been shown, you know, over the past year with the fluctuation of the market, the rare stuff holds up. So, you know, I guess that's a long answer back to your original question, but you know, I think with the old school guys, the Hall of Famers, we've, we, you know what the floor is. And I, I do think there's going to be incremental growth just over a longer period of time. It's not going to be anything going to jump double, you know, over the next couple of months if you buy a Jerry Rice card or, you know, a Bart Starr autograph or an Elway or anything like that. I want to get to the shows. Um, but before we do that, talk about Hall of Fame, talk about position that I think the hobby knows and loves and a player that the hobby knows and loves even though the market might've retracted a little bit because it just exploded so quickly. Your boy TB12 out there in Tampa. Um, I think there's been a, just he's everywhere always. And I think it makes the football card market stronger. You had a fun little uh, pickup or pickups. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that because I saw a couple pictures from you and it's not something you see every day. So maybe tell the story of, kind of a re recent acquisition uh, that you had and how it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's no secret now that I'm moving into this full time and a lot of my, you know, close friends know that. And we talked a lot about that at the draft because everybody's like, yeah, a couple of guys walking around, I literally only see probably once or twice a year and usually it's at the fantasy draft. Like, Hey, how's the start of school? I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm not at school. So, you know, here's why. Right. So you get to talking and people understand I'm more actively buying now because this is my full-time gig. And, you know, one of, me and my, one of my buddies were talking before the draft weekend, and I noticed he had, had put a couple of cards up on eBay, and they were Brady games patches. And I said, you know, why don't you bring your stuff over, and we can I'll take a look, and maybe we can get some stuff done. So he brought all of his stuff over, and I bought probably 90% of it. Of course, as I'm drinking more and more um, during <laughs> Fantasy Weekend, he is as well. The deal got bigger and bigger and bigger, um, and I think it worked for both of us. 
And I picked up some really, really cool stuff. TB12 was a huge talk of the weekend because and we can talk about that a little later in the podcast, but there's a lot of shit going on with him right now that isn't exactly positive in a positive way, uh, but definitely doesn't stop me from buying, especially this type of stuff. Like you look at, you know, the market over the, over the past year and what's happened, you know, his Brady hasn't been immune to the, the market fall. It's not like Brady's, all these young quarterbacks are going to fluctuate and Brady does it. Brady's fluctuating. Um, but I think certain areas of his market have held strong, if not gone up. And that's the stuff that clearly it shows it's going to be what you want long-term. Um, I think any Brady long-term, like I think any Brady you have right now in 10 years, you be happy. but he's not going to be a quick flip. Like we were talking about with some of those old school guys and Hall of Famers, but the game use stuff, game use patches and autographs, on-card autographs are, are stuff that's just super hot. And man, some of the stuff that my buddy brought over was just incredible. And the funny part is, or the not funny part, the, the, the kind of kick to the balls part is I would say of the 88 game use patches I purchased from him, he bought probably 40 to 50 off me five to seven years ago. So this shit, I'm literally buying back for five to 10 times the price. And I'm like, oh yeah, hey George, I remember this one. You know, yeah, I think you paid like 150 bucks for it. Now I'm, I'm paying like a thousand bucks for it. Yeah, great times. <laughs> so we, we, had, we had some laughs over that, but some cool stuff. I mean, this is where it's going to be a difficult transition for me in terms of moving from the collector side to the, this is now paying my bill side. Because we're looking at all these cards. I'm like, oh damn, I'm keeping this one. I'm keeping this one. He's like, Kevin, he's like, you can't keep them all. Right. He's like, you, you know, you, this is this is what's paying the mortgage now. It's feeding the family. Like, I, I know it's just it's it's so tough because literally if, if this was, you know, last year when I was still teaching out of this 88 game use collection, I probably would have kept minimum 30 in the PC in the safe keeping. Now, probably going to get that number down to like five to 10 area. But um, and I know this is, you know, people aren't going to see this, but I brought my two favorites right next to me. I want to show you real quick. This is the one I posted today on my page. This is the 2003. Um, ultimate collection gold number to 25 three color game use patch. It's first year ultimate, which I actually didn't even realize when I did the post. A couple of people commented, it's like, hey, that's first year ultimate. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. That's even better. Right. So this one's not going anywhere. This is my favorite card in the collection I purchased. I love this. I, you know, you've I have talked a lot about the the high upside of of old school high-end products like Ultimate, National Treasures, um, Exquisite, obviously now flawless. You see you know, what a flawless regular patch does versus some other random product or flawless on-card auto versus some other random product. The high-end products, it, it, that's a lot of value long-term. So love this freaking thing. This thing's going to be by my pillow tonight. Love this. And then number two out of the collection, I love, loved absolute memorabilia stuff back in the mm. day. Um, and the tools of the trade. I think we've talked about this. Yes. Tools of the trade, absolute memorabilia, and then certified fabric of the game. Yes. Greatest patch sets all time. And the cool thing about tools of the trade, they have some stuff like where they have like game you shoe stuff in there or helmet stuff. Um, it's just some cool, unique stuff. And I, you know, I, I, I've always kind of gravitated towards those two sets. So this guy right here, it's pretty close. It's, I wouldn't say it's number two. I think it's like one A and one B with that old three gold ultimate, but this guy right here, Oof. I know it's camera, but this is the tools of the trade, um, jumbo four color game used patch numbered one of 10. Um, it's such a pretty card in person. You can kind of see the the, the shine from the foil. Um, so th those two bad boys right there aren't going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And of course, as soon as I posted the pictures, I would say these are the two that I, I must have got a hundred DMs. You know, I, when I was posting stuff over the weekend, I felt bad because I couldn't get back to people cooking. I was like, I got thirty people in my house, right? Um, but I caught up on all the DMs on Monday, and you know, everybody was asking about these. I'm like, listen, politely, they're not going. So I have to, I actually just finished pricing the whole, everything, the last card, five minutes before I came on with you. 
Um, so now it's going to be, all right, I'm going to go through tonight once we get off and kind of pick, all right, here are the five to 10 I'm keeping that aren't going anywhere. And then the rest I'm going to put in the flicker and let people go through them. And um, I don't usually sell like a lot of this stuff online because it moves so well at shows and I have so many shows coming up. It's, it's show season. I'm, I'm so fired up of all the shows I'll be going to, whether walking or setting up. Um, but I think this stuff's going to be pretty popular. And it's just, you don't see stuff like this every day. So when you see 88 of them in person, you make sure they don't leave. So it was a fun purchase. You mentioned uh, Fabric of the Game and what was it, Tools of the Trade. So it's funny. I, I'm not a big patch guy, but over this year is when I started buying Pat, Peyton patch stuff. And I was kind of just like, you know, I knew the flawless. I knew the NT, the higher end stuff. But I just kind of went on and started navigating it myself. And I, those were like the two that I was attracted to. And I started buying a bunch of Peyton stuff. Just because I liked it, it looked cool, game worn, low serial numbered stuff. And then I came back around to our Peyton chat and I just, and I looked, I think it was like your page and Chad's page. And I was like, these guys like those too. Um, so I, I don't know, like someone who's co- like just now, I think game worn, shields, all that stuff is becoming more popular. Um, like, what kind of advice do you have for people that are just getting into kind of game worn patches? Just like go with your gut, buy the stuff you like, or is there any other direction you'd give people? Well, first of all, you got to be careful, right? Because especially with Brady, there's a ton of fake patches out there. So I've probably bought and sold, I would say, well over a thousand Brady game used jerseys and patches over my time. So I got a lot of experience with them. But, you know, th- there are some just, there's a lot of fake stuff out there for him. You know, you start seeing shields and laundry tags and Reebok logos and cards number to 50. That's usually a red flag. Um, Tops triple threads, unfortunately, is notorious for fake patches. The cards are just real easy to slice. And, and, sub, and sub a fake patch in. Um, so you got to be careful. Peyton, I think there's less of that out there um, because, you know, with Peyton, it's like we didn't have much to choose from. It's, it's one or two color. That's it. Boom. With the Colts, which is why, you know, as a Raiders fan, I was freaking disgusted when he went to Denver. But I tried to say, all right, listen, at least now I can get some badass four color <laughs> patches. Right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a real easy value bump for the scumbags out there who, who like to, you know, sub out a, a measly two color patch or a nice four color of Brady. Right. So you got to be careful with that. But this stuff, you know, getting aside from the scumbag aspect of it, this stuff, I just I, I find so intriguing long term because there's a finite amount of it. Right. I mean, you see it now in all the newer products, all patent stuff is player worn. You know, we talk a lot about in our group chat. I know, um, you know, myself and Jordan Northwood get super disgusted seeing all this player worn stuff of Peyton. I think our, our group chats on the same page. Right? We talked about we had that conversation about um, that the Peyton Manning eminence captain's patch. Mark mm. autograph that sold the other day uh. for one hundred, right? And I said, "All right, guys. So here's I, we we kind of did a comparison. I said, listen, I have a game used captain's patch number to ten sticker auto of Peyton. What would you rather have? Normally, I would say if, if we just if I put up a poll on Instagram and say, hey, what do you like better, on card or sticker auto? It's gonna be a hundred percent to zero, right? Unless someone was just being a jackass to vote for a sticker, right? But I mean, it was an interesting debate, and literally, it was. It, I thought it was gonna be closer, but it was almost unanimous that people said I'd rather have the sticker auto. With the game use pack, so I think there's a, there's a lot of long term value um, to this, and I think that some of this stuff is it's very affordable. Um, I mean, you can get a nice Peyton Manning patch for under hundred bucks. It's crazy, right? Game use. I mean, for Brady, I mean, I have literally just finished pricing, right? So I mean, you can get a nice, you know, two to three color patch of Brady game used in the two hundred to like three fifty range, depending on the cards. So, I mean, that's I look at that as a four. But I know it's not to everybody, but I mean. I look at some like, you know, Michael Jordan, like old school patches, exquisite and things like that. And, and the numbers, some of the LeBron patches do. 
Um, I just, I think there's a lot of value from this stuff long-term and it's cool, man. I mean, it's cool to have a car that literally Brady was in this Jersey in the game. Right. Um, it's just, it, it's cool to think about. So, I mean, um, love this stuff. It was, a, it was a very fun purchase and I think there's a lot of value for it long-term, which is why you know, I always put my money in my mouth as I'm never going to tell people to, to invest in something long-term that I don't have sitting in my safe that I'm holding long-term. You know, I've been directing people this week to check out my, I, I never really advertised my Flickr link on my page. Right. So I just, I don't sell a ton of stuff. I, I was in it. I was in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like I'm going to Dallas. I'm not setting up like, you know what? Shit. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing this stuff with me, but I'm trying to promote it. Hey, go check it out. If you're going to Dallas and you see something you want, let me know. But I mean, you can see on my Flickr page, I'm no, no secret. Holder. You can see what I'm investing in and what I'm holding long-term because my folders are clearly marked. Like, Hey, this is for sale for trade. This is PC. So look at my PC stuff and look at the stuff I'm keeping long-term. And then you'll know what, what my you know thoughts are about the, the right stuff to keep long-term. I love it. So you mentioned Dallas. I think, I know you were at the Dead of Mass show, which is a smaller show, but you said was just like pumping people in there excited. Maybe just talk, you're a guy who go, who's definitely hitting the show circuit hard, maybe harder now than ever before. Maybe talk a little bit about last weekend at the Dead of Mass show. And then I know you're going to Dallas and maybe talk a little bit about some of the other shows you're going to and why. Yeah. So I actually, I, you, you, we, we talked, you know, our little pregame chat, like, Hey, some stuff I'm going to talk about. Right? And you mentioned, Hey, talk about some shows you're going to. I wrote them all down. I did it all on paper. Now I'm going to a shit ton of shows. So I'm doing nine shows between now and Thanksgiving. So, but I mean, Hey, this is what I signed up for. Right. I can't wait. Right. Um, so majority of them are local. I will be traveling. I'm going to Dallas. I'm not setting up in Dallas. I'm going to Dallas to walk it for the first time um, this week, which I'm fired up about. I'm traveling to the Midwest monster. So I'll see you there. Right. Coming to, coming to your town. Right. Um, so I'm fired up about that. So um, I'm, I'm pumped to go see Andy's shop, Indy Card Exchange's new shop, and, and go to that. I heard great things about that show. I was choosing between that one and Vegas. And obviously, I was kind of leaning toward Vegas for other reasons besides cards. Um, but when it push came to shove, the, the, the Midwest monsters made more sense to me. I'm going to be coming out there with a ton of Peyton stuff, and that's Peyton country. Right. So it just made more sense to me from a dealer standpoint. And then um, super excited about the Chicago Sports Spectacular in November. Always go to that. I got a lot of friends out in that area who I meet up with. It's, it's a great time. It's a great show. Um, and then probably three or four dead and mass shows mixed in. Um, there's going to be a, there's a New England um, card show at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield beginning of October I'm setting up at. Then there's um, a the best weekend card show. I think it's called the Flipping Card Show. They do it once every month, but now they're going to do a two-day show end of October. And then I'm going to have to make the decision between either doing the Shriners Wilmington show beginning of November, if I can get space there, or going back to Dallas, if I can get space. That'll be a kind of a last-minute call there, but Back to the Dedham show, man. It's a small local show. It's 80 tables. It's, it's something I've been setting up at for a long time. Um, you know, as soon as you walk in the door, I'm right there um, set up. And, you know, over the summer, it, it, it's always a little hit or miss because, you know, you always say rain's a good, a good thing for a card show, right? Because Sunday, mid-July, it's, it's 90 degrees out and beautiful. People aren't coming to a card show. They're going to the beach. So summer could be hit or miss. But, man, this Labor Day show usually is always busy, but this was, like, extraordinarily busy. It was insane. Um, I, it got to the point where I'm, I'm looking around, I'm like, holy shit, like, is this, is this Dedham or is this like the national, right? It was, <laughs> it, it was uncomfortably packed. Like I, you know, I was actually talking to some of my friends who were like, wow, this is like, it's literally uncomfortable in here. It's so packed. So the good and bad, right. But from a dealer standpoint, it was awesome to see the room like that. You know, it's, it's a great local show on uh, the promoter. Doug Keating does a great job with it. And, you know, for me, the national is always going to be the national. It's always going to be packed. We, we saw anybody who had any doubts about the hobby um, or still has any doubts. If, if you were at the national, they were gone. Right, the hobby's strong, the strongest ever. Just because prices aren't as high as they were doesn't mean the hobby's not strong. But for me, like, how are the local show, the smaller local shows do? Right, because those are the ones that's like 
um, you know, because there's so many people who go to those shows who, who are on Instagram, who don't go to the national, right? So it's nice to see that small local following of the show be so strong. Um, and I think it was just yet again, another statement. I mean, you know, I, I've risky life move on my end and what I did, um, you know, leaving teaching, going into this, but man, there's been a lot that's happened over the past short time, the past month, that's really kind of solidified the decision for me and made me think, hey, I'm, I think I'm making the right move. Um, when you see that and you see how packed a, a local show is like that, um, it's just fun and it, it's great for us. If you are heading out to any of those shows, definitely stop at the captain's table, especially if you're in the market for some Brady patches because he might have a few for sale. Yeah, a few. Actually, <laughs> so I, I just uploaded the 88 into my Flickr and I have 140, I think it was 124 <laughs> Brady game use cards currently in the inventory. Like, holy shit. And if you looked at my Flickr at this time last year, you might have saw 10. So it just goes to show you like it, it's, you know, you never know what's going to come across and just, you know, there's something to be said about being prepared financially to, to, to make those moves when they come across. Because um, this time last year, I wouldn't be able to make a move like this. You know, I've tried to prepare myself more financially to, to, to grab these bigger deals when they come across. And I'm glad I did because this is when I did. Prepare, so. so there, I feel like uh, from a hobby perspective, there's just been so much attention on football cards especially as the buildup into the season. And most of those, the attention has certainly been around kind of the, the hype, you know, rookie quarterbacks. There's just a lot to talk about and a lot of directions that you can go down. But I guess like what, what kind of storylines are you looking at with the kind of the NFL season kicking off and football cards? Yeah, for me, I mean, the, the, the number one thing for me, it, well, it's two names for me, right? Actually, well, it's three. It probably could be eight, but I guess I'll stick to three. All right. So first off, for me, and I'm biased here, obviously, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? I have, I mean, I've, I've sold off some of my Mahomes collection, uh, but I still have a good amount of Mahomes cards. And man, it just blows my mind. And we talk about this. I talk about this a lot with people in person where Mahomes prices are compared to a Herbert, compared to an Allen. Because in my eyes, there should be a wide gap there, right? I mean, Mahomes, four straight AFC championship games. He's made two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I don't understand. I mean, those guys, Allen and Herbert and these younger quarterbacks, they'd be, they'd be lucky to have a career like that. It's almost like Mahomes is being penalized for doing so much so early. And oh, shit, he loses a game last year. Now, man, he, he must be done. Right. How many times do people try to stick a fork in Brady? Right. So for me, the Chiefs, it, it's, it's a little, you know, and I have, a, I have a buddy of mine, Nick, Nick's cards, who's a huge Chiefs fan. And we're talking. It's a little concerning in, in Chiefs Nation for a couple of reasons. And it has nothing to do with Mahomes in my eyes. Number one, you lose arguably the best weapon in Tyreek Hill. So how is their offense going to look without them? Because now teams are going to be able to double and key on, on Travis Kelsey more. You can drop a safety over him more that, because you, you, you know, if you, anybody who has no safety over the top of Tyreek Hill, you just ask him to get burned for a 70 yard touchdown. So that element's gone. So what's going to happen there? You know, it, the division is insanely strong. We talked about that earlier. We were talking about the Chargers and Raiders game, right? Mahomes has, I read something the other day, he has the toughest schedule start to a season in the history of the NFL. His first eight games are against teams who are over 500. So on paper, he has the toughest schedule ever. And he just lost his number one weapon. And now he's in the strongest division of football. So I guess it's going to work. It's going to go one or two ways, right? Chiefs, Chiefs come out of the gate and they're like six and two. You're like, holy shit. Why did I not buy more Mahomes cards in the summer when his stuff was down when Herbert now was soaring through the roof, right? Or the Chiefs at four and four, you're like, oh, see, there it is. You know, Mahomes, is it always cracked up to be? Loses Tyree Kill. Now look at him. So it'd be very interesting to see from that standpoint, even, you know, back to my boy Brady, the, the Bucs have a brutal schedule to start the season. So I actually think they're going to struggle a little bit out of the gate. And I talked about this a little bit on happy hour the other day. 
Um, at Dallas is no cakewalk. They, they, that's a game they probably should have lost last year. Um, the Cowboys just always seem to find a way to lose. So if they ever find a way not to lose, you know, they, they're going to be a solid team. Um, then they're at the Saints, which they never beat the Saints in the regular season. I don't know what it is, right? I feel like you or I could play quarterback for the Saints and we'd still beat the Bucs in the regular season, right? It just blows my mind. And he's got Green Bay and, and the Chiefs, right? So, you know, two teams are going to be competing for the one season their respective conferences. So after that, the Bucs schedule gets super light. So I think, you know, end of the day, um, maybe we could talk about playoff and Super Bowl predictions later. I think end of the day, the Bucs are going to be there in the end. Uh, but it's going to be a little struggle out of the gate. And then, you know, we talked Mahomes and it's Herbert and Allen for me, right? I mean, these were the, I mean, I, I would say one out of every five people that came by my booth, the national was asking for Herbert Allen. So, and just not even looking at the 10 Mahomes cards I had in the case, right? So, you know, one or two things going to happen there, right? Either, you know, they're going to look like geniuses or they're going to look like idiots, right? Because to me, Herbert is the most intriguing thing in football because he has so many different ranges of outcomes. I mean, he could, you could see him winning the MVP and winning this, this year, or you could see them not making the playoffs again and being last in the division. So when there's a, a, a very low floor and a very high ceiling for a guy that obviously there's more inherent risk there, right? So I, I've talked a lot about how I think he's the riskiest guy to invest in the hobby long-term. Um, I, he's going to have some monster games out of the gate. I, I, I guarantee he's going to absolutely light the Raiders up or the first week. He always does. Eckler, if you got Eckler in fantasy, you got to be loving life after week one. He always, there's just certain guys who always tear the Raiders up. Travis Kelsey, they guarantee two TDs every time he plays the Raiders, right? So I think people who have a lot of money in Herbert will be really happy after week one. I, I don't see the Raiders winning that game. I see the Chargers beating them um, in week one, as much as it pains me to say, but I'm also a realist. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, it, to, to me, Allen, Allen's a guy I wanted to pick up more of at the National, but Anybody who came by with his stuff was just so high priced. I mean, wanting it's so funny. People talk about how dealers are always priced over comps. Like when you're selling cards to a dealer, how do you expect to get over comp? It just doesn't make any sense. Right. So I wanted to pick up more of his stuff because I think the Bills are an absolute block for the one seed in the AFC. I think the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders are going to beat up on each other all year. And probably the max wins in that conference will be 11. Like I think 11 wins will win that conference. That's looking at the three of the four seed. I think the Bills are a lock for the one seed. Um, so I, I, all signs point to the bills making the Super Bowl, and I actually have them in the Super Bowl. Um, so it, it'll be very interesting to see what Allen and Herbert do if they live up to all the hype and, and all the attention they've gotten and, and the, the soaring of their prices. You know, I would say it's, it, it's not justified considering neither made the Super Bowl. I, I think Allen, um, his market didn't really get penalized because he had an unbelievable game against the Chiefs. He got like screwed. I mean, man, 13 seconds and the Chiefs getting through. It was crazy how that game went. He didn't touch the ball in overtime, right? So I was actually happy to see how the market didn't really like, oh, man, he'd make the Super Bowl again. But I mean, look at his performance, right? Reminded me of Brady when Brady lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, but he threw for 503 TDs. His market didn't dip at all. You know, it, so, I mean, it, it, uh, it was nice to see the market be a little smart with that, right? Like, look what Allen just said. He should be in the Super Bowl, right? Or should be playing the Bengals next week. But with Herbert, hasn't made the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen if he does not make the playoffs again to his market. So it'd be great for football if it was a Herbert Allen AFC championship. Um, I don't think I don't see that happening. Um, I prefer a Mahomes Allen AFC championship, but it's going to be fun to see. But those are the three names that I'm, I'm really paying a lot of attention to. I think the hobby is as well. On the Mahomes front, uh, so the Colts are on the road first two games, but week three, the home opener where Patrick Mahomes is coming to town for his first appearance oh, in wow. Lucas Oil Stadium. So I'm pretty fired up. For, I'm pretty fired up to go to that game. And I will say 
while there's a lot of newness on that Chiefs offense and probably building continuity with, you know, Juju coming in, you know, Sky Moore in the mix, trying to figure out where he's going to go to outside of Kelsey. I'm glad to get a great player like Patrick Mahomes early when that offense is trying to form. Yeah, we talked about it earlier, right? 100%. You, you, I'd much rather see him the first month of the season. And um, uh, the Colts have, have always had the Chiefs number, right? I mean, that, remember that massive, I mean, of course you remember this, the massive comeback in the playoffs. Like, I mean, it's just there's, there's certain teams that have had, you know, certain teams' numbers, right? It seems like the Colts have had the Chiefs, so we'll see. And you guys have what? You got Houston and Jacksonville out of the gate? Yeah, but you, I mean, we've uh, we've got the longest week one losing streak in the NFL. So it's uh, we haven't we haven't won week one since 2013 against your Raiders, and Terrell Pryor was quarterback. That blows my mind. Well, and then and then you have so I mean, on paper, right? You see, all right, Colts got Houston and the Jags doing all guaranteed. But you just said longest week one losing streak. Then you go to at Jacksonville, and you have yeah. about a decade, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, it's- Man, the maybe, NFL. Yeah, maybe Matt Ryan can get it figured out for. It. We'll see, man. Uh, oh yeah, you uh, you know he he. If I'll say this, if they're two and zero going into that Chiefs game, I'm going to start a petition to try to get a Matt Ryan uh, trophy built right next to Peyton Manning because it's been <laughs> too damn long since that that's happened. Well, let's talk maybe like the the momentum. So there's been so much momentum. Talk about a guy like Justin Herbert, or, um, and so his prices are outrageous right now. And everyone's buying, you hear his name everywhere. Like, what does a guy like Herbert have to do to maintain his current price this season? It just seems like, you know, over the last couple of years, it's just like two or three guys survive this and everyone else's market goes down. So what does like a Herbert have to do? I mean, you're, you're, we're not even talking about Joe Burrow, who's in the damn Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and like, I'm glad you brought up Burrow because I was just thinking to myself, like, we didn't even talk about Burrow. Like, it's like he's getting lost in the shuffle. He's the guy that took down Mahomes, right, and made the Super Bowl. And, and I mean, man, if it wasn't for, you know, just a rough stretch in the second half, I mean, man, they had that game one, I feel like, you know. So um, I didn't even mention him. He's, it, it, it's kind of how it is in the hobby right now. I feel like he's forgotten, you know, he's kind of forgotten a little bit. It blows my mind, right? But for me, for Herbert to maintain value or even go up, dare I say, I mean, he has to make the AFC championship. I think it's the AFC championship. So, I mean, if he doesn't make the playoffs, it's going to be ugly. I really think it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, and for, for Allen, Allen's going to make the Super Bowl, right? Because Allen's, you know, he, he, he's won playoff games. He's put up a great number. You got you to get to the big game now, man. I mean, you, you got to make it happen. And the AFC, man, it's such a bloodbath. Like, I was actually, I hadn't actually done this on paper yet, but I, I kind of went through today to prep for this and, and put down like what I think is going to make the playoffs and, and, and here and there and what I think is going to make the AFC and NFC championship. I was sitting there like, oh my God, the AFC is just so much better than the NFC. And it used mm-hmm. to be the opposite, like five to seven years ago. So just parroting the NFL, right? Which is why I feel like it's the most popular sport, right? Because, you know, any given Sunday, great movie, great cliche line, but it's true. Any given Sunday, anything can happen, right? It's just, it amazes me. I just, there's so much power in the AFC. It's going to be, Whoever gets to the Super Bowl in the AFC, they deserve to win it this year because, man, sure. you, you're going to have to go through a gauntlet to get to the Super Bowl. Whereas in the NFC, I feel like it's like four teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Packers who are going to be the one seed because they have the easiest schedule every year. Which, so it seems like, right, then they'll choke in the playoffs like they always do, right? Anybody put money in the Packers who win the Super Bowl, you, you don't follow historical trends. They may, but you just I'm a big believer in historical trends. I mean, man, how the hell do you lose to Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers at home here? and score 10 points at home. Embarrassing, right? So 
you know, don't even get me started on Aaron Rodgers. I know. I know. Oh my God, that'd be a, that'd be a, a whole show conversation. I could spend 45 minutes absolutely fast. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Like, like, oh, you always say, you know, Herbert's so risky. What's your deal with Herbert? I, said, I like Herbert. I like him a lot. One of my good friends, huge Oregon guy, you know, like we, you know, he, he, he loved her. I, I watch Herbert with it. I love Herbert. I think Herbert's super talented, right? It's just, it's just where his market is blows my mind, right? But Rogers can't stand him at all. And quite frankly, I don't have one person I know in my life who likes Aaron Rodgers, right? <laughs> so, it, it, you know, seeing him choke it away every year, I just, I, I just, <laughs> it's just, he's got this arrogant, you know, just, uh, I don't know, I could say many words that are probably inappropriate right now, but man, I, Anyway, but NFC, right? You got Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, the Niners to me. That's it, right? Those are the four teams I can see legitimately making it to the Super Bowl. Well, the Niners would be incredible with Trey Lance, but I mean, making it his first time as a starter, right? But they're, they're so loaded. I mean, he, he just has to be mediocre. But I mean, shit, they almost made the Super Bowl, you know, with Jimmy last year, right? They, they had the Rams game one. I mean, it, it's amazing, you know, the, the system they have and, the, and, the, and the, the, how they use their personnel you know, it's it just, it, you can put anybody there and they're going to be competitive, right? So, whereas in the AFC, you got the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Colts. Like, it's just, you know, I'm probably missing teams in there, right? Just, it, it's incredible. You could probably say, rattle off seven or 10 teams and say, you know what? If they made the Super Bowl in the AFC, I wouldn't be that surprised. Whereas the NFC, it's like four teams. I th- isn't it funny? You, I feel like so many people are down on this team just because they lost some pieces and I don't think they got better. But in the AFC, the, much to my dismay, the number one seed last year was the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> they weren't even in your breath. No, they so, I, I think this is the, this is the drop off. Um, I, I think this is where, you know, I, first of all, man, Vrabel does a hell of a job with that team. I have no idea how the hell they were the one seed. I actually forgot they were the one seed until you just mentioned that. And that, you know, crazy. It just blows my mind. But I mean, you know, I just, I think them losing to the Bengals at home last year, that, that was their best shot to, to get to the Super Bowl. I just, I can't see it. I got the Colts winning your division. I actually, you know, I, I talked about this in the group chat, and I'm not just saying this because you're a Colts guy. My dad's a Colts guy. But if I was still a sports betting man, I'd be putting some money in the Colts to win the Super Bowl. So I think you're getting good odds. Um, I think, you know, everybody, people forget, like, end of the last month of the season last year, everybody said, oh, damn, what's the what you, you look at any ESPN football show, whatever. What's the one team that you don't want to see in the first round of the playoffs for the higher season, right? Because they play defense. They can defend. Um, they stopped the run. They got the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor. Arguably, obviously, you can put some other guys in there. Um, solid offensive line. They were literally just missing the quarterback. And then Wentz pissed down his leg the last two weeks of the season. And, you know, I know I'm opening up old wounds right now. Right? But all <laughs> I'm saying is, man, it seems like they're just missing a quarterback. And th- this move with Ryan getting in, man, talk about, I, I always love Matt Ryan because, you know, I'm, I'm in the Boston area, so BC, that connection there, right? But th- this kind of feels like a, Peyton leaving the Colts to the Broncos, right? With Matt Ryan leaving the Falcons and the career to go to the Colts. Instant contender in my eyes, solid roster. Um, you know, I, I, I really like the Colts this year. I really do. So, I mean, that, that's a team that, you know, if you're the one, two, I, I don't see the Colts getting one of the two seed. I'm just saying, if you're one of those top seeds, like, I don't think you're going to want to see the Colts. We'll see how it plays out. And the Titans probably will win the freaking division and, and be a top seed. Oh, right? Mike just, uh, Vrabel, coach of the year. Yeah, exactly, right? And it, But, I mean, I just I, – I, I like the Colts. I really do the season. Yeah, it's funny um, getting a guy like Matt Ryan in, and obviously I follow the media and everything in the beat, and just you hear him talk, you hear the discipline, and 
just the reverence he has for the quarterback position and his self-awareness to understand how important his role is to the outcome. And this is just not only on the field, but inside the locker room. It's it's oddly enough, maybe because it's his mentor, there's some it just feels like this consummate professionalism that like Peyton Manning had. And you I don't know, Ryan's just a guy that his career numbers speak for itself. And I know everyone probably remembers him by the collapse in the Super Bowl. Hopefully that changes by Which the time he hangs that, that's what bothers me. Yeah, hopefully that changes by the time he hangs it up. But just true professional, which I think it's it's nice to know you have. I have that at the more, most important position on the team, which you Brady does that. You know, there are guys in the league who carry themselves that way, which is it's fun to have that back in Indianapolis. Yeah, and he's and just it makes him he's an easy guy to root for. You know, I, I mean, I, I I can't think of anybody who would, would not would have a bad word to say about Matt Ryan. You know, I mean, he's, he's just. He's an easy guy to root for. So I'll, I'll be rooting for you guys every week of the year, except for one, when, when you play, play the Raiders. We owe, we, we owe you one. I, I was sick of seeing Hunter Renfro catch every damn ball. That game <laughs> I, know. That game. I was like, okay, we could lose this one. We've got Jacksonville next week. That's what I told my dad. I said, dad, listen, give us this one. All right, because we needed this and we were out. You'll take care of the Jags next week. We'll both be in the playoffs. And man, it just didn't work. It was a, it was a dark day, Kevin. It was no, a dark no, day. No, no, uh, no. Maybe let's close it out with this. I'd love to hear you've, you've mentioned a lot of teams you like positions. How do you think this all shakes out on stack and size podcast? What is the captain 37's Super Bowl prediction? Yep. So I got, um, I got the, actually, I, I, I do have the Colts in the AFC championship. Oh, I got, I got, I got, I got the bills versus the Colts in the AFC championship and I got the bills winning. And then the other side, I got the box and the 49ers in the AFC, in the NFC championship. I think the Niners, you know, get there where they should have been last year. And I think this is the Bucs' last hurrah. They're the oldest roster in the league. I think this is it for Brady there. I don't see any way he played. The only way Brady's going to play another season is with a different team. And I, I think the time in Tampa has run out. Um, and I think this is it. And I think it's the Bills versus the Bucs in the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen takes it down. And it's kind of a passing the torch moment. And then all of us Mahomes collectors are really pissed off because now, you know, you're going to see Josh Allen stuff jump Mahomes, which it shouldn't. But now we're going to have the Mahomes-Josh Allen debate for the next decade, just like we had the Tom Brady-Peyton Manning debate. Um, and I think it would be awesome for football. You know, I, I, it's not the result I would want, but that's just, that's what I see. Happening. So if you've listened to the whole conversation, what Kevin is saying is go out and pay those ridiculous Josh Allen prices I guess right so. Now, because you're going to see those and more at the end of the season. I do want to say I do have the Chargers making the playoffs. So I do there think Herbert is going to make the playoffs 100%. So where, where, where it goes from there, we'll see. But I do have Herbert in the playoffs. So everybody says I'm a Herbert hater. I definitely think they're going to make the playoffs. And obviously, I'd say they're a team you don't want to see, but I think whoever makes the playoffs in the AFC, the seven teams, it's, they're all going to be teams you don't want to see. It's just it's so, it's so strong. It's going to be so fun to watch. I, I probably say the same line every year, but, man, I just cannot wait for Thursday to watch an actual live football game that counts. So Rams, Bills, what a way to open the season. Can't wait. Hell of an opener. Go find him at a show near you, Kevin Randall, the Captain 37, and go check out that Flickr page on his Instagram. Always fun, man. Can't wait to have you back to talk more football this season. Thanks, brother. Always a blast. Appreciate it. Always enjoy a good conversation with the captain. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Are you buying football cards? Are you selling football cards? Are you collecting football cards? I think a lot of people, including myself, are 
Hopefully you enjoy your weekend. Hopefully your team wins, except if you're a Texans fan. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We will be back. More Stacking Sides podcast next week. 